Special edition of Mediocrity and Signed. We have a couple of close friends of ours that are visiting from California and Florida. Uh, the first one we're going to have up tonight is a writer, actor, director, screenplayer, whatever they do. I think he does all of it. Um, we got Ryan and your normal host, Max, sound guy, myself, Ross, <laughs> man. Kick it off, boys. Are you an actor? No. Okay, see, I, I've well, made it. I, yeah, I, I mean, like, I think it would be interesting to get into, but it's just, it's a so oversaturated. Okay. You know, that it, I, you, it's pretty much a full-time job, or my full-time job is trying to, you know, work on feature films. Okay. So, I guess that's a good lead into what you do. You want to work on feature films. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you had a movie, it's called Bad Call. You just finished it officially... It's yeah, it's uh, it was actually 2009 when I finished it. Um, winter 2000. Well, no, it wasn't winter. It was like fall 2009, and we entered it into it's a uh, it's a short film. It's a psychological thriller about an Iraq War veteran who comes back with post traumatic stress disorder, um, and it's about young relationships and communication. He gets uh, some pretty messed up phone calls from his. Uh, wife's cell phone that kind of make him start to uh, freak out. Yeah, pretty much freak <laughs> out. But it's like I'm a series of accidents just sends his mind spiraling out of control, basically. Now, did you write the story? I wrote the story. Yes, and directed, wrote, it. directed it. I wrote and directed it. Yeah. Damn, and produced it. I was one of the producers too. Because on indie films, you have to like you, if you don't, it's not going to get done. So from like the beginning to the whole creative process, like coming up with the outline of an, how the story is going to work out to like finishing it. I mean, how long of a process was that? Mm. When, when did you start originally? Well, it's kind of funny because. Um, my first class, my first video class in film school, I didn't make any movies before I went to film school. Uh, I was always busy fucking around and didn't really, you know, do anything. But I, I went to film school and uh, the first video class they, uh, they had for my final, I actually did this story, uh, Bad Call. But it was just a little different. I didn't really understand character development and like the details that needed to go into it. And we also shot on a really cheap camera, you know. With no lighting, it's just interesting because you can watch this short that I made three years ago, and then you can watch the short that I turned it into from uh, like a culmination of all my knowledge that I've learned over the three years of working in the industry. Yeah, so the first like four the, years, wow. five years, four years. So that would be your rough draft is is the pretty much yeah first one. And then for my final, we just basically uh, I casted real actors, you know, and we just really uh, kind of tried to get into the characters. Like how do you, psyche a little bit How do you get more. budget for that? Uh, we actually, I just like wrote donation letters and asked people for donations. Okay. And uh, told them I'd give them a thank you credit in the movie. Um, executive producer thank you credit. So, hey. Um, you know, that's basically, I mean, we got a lot of like $25 donations, you know. But, but uh, the total budget for the film ended up being like after post and, you know, out to DVD. It spent, uh, it cost... 
thirteen thousand dollars. Oh, wow. how much it was? That's not that much. No, but, but I mean that's a I lot mean, of money. With, with the technology <laughs> nowadays, I mean I, I, I should have just made it a feature. Is what I'm finding out is the problem. Like I really, I wanted to show people in 22 minutes. I wanted that I could uh, tell a story and uh, kind of encompass an audience. And I think I did that with this one, but the problem is, is it's hard to market it because the film festivals don't want something, first of all, on the war and about the psychological disturbances from the war, you know? Yeah, um, kind of happy puppies. Do you yeah, know what I would have really loved to see? Um, what they don't actually have that much these days, something kind of serialized, like a, a short four, four six episode thing. You know, like, like comic books. What? I'm a huge comic book buff, but I love my favorite kinds of comic books are the, those ones with people that you can relate to that can come to you in four or five short segments and then be done. Mm -hmm. and you don't have to worry about collecting an entire, watching like an entire season of Lost. <laughs> right. You know, you can, you can watch four or five episodes, you get kind of a, a great little snippet of what's going on in your life. And then, if you want to, you can pull up another four or five episodes later on about another story. Yeah. Well, we have short attention spans anyway, so well, kind of makes sense. The idea around it is, for my particular film, is that it's a singular subjectivity narrative, meaning that you only really get to see this through this one character's insight. You know, you really only get to see his interpretation and perspective, um, and the chaos comes from the outer. Um, characters affecting him whereas like I see it's about <laughs> the, th the idea was is I can open it up and show the other characters perspectives and make it a full length movie okay. but it's a multiple subjectivity film so you get to see you know that the way things play out just kind of affect other people's lives because mm -hmm. basically what it is is he gets a phone call, which while he's at home changing the oil in his car, in his wife's car, that left him to go to this party. He gets a call from her phone, and he's changing her oil, and he hears all this crazy shit. It ends up making him spill oil all over himself, and he's, he's, his vision's kind of blurred, and he's going around. So then he you know, has to find eye drops. Well, it turns out that at the beginning of the movie, he was fixing her phone with glue, her phone. And she, you know, put the, the glue in the medical drawer with the eye drops. And it's similar bottles. So then he glues his eyes shut. Oh, no. So then now he's just affected by sound around him. And he's just trying to interpret these things. Yeah. So um, in the film, to, you know, put the audience in that perspective, we actually go black for a minute and a half out of a 22-minute film. Wow. And it's a 5.1 surround sound mix. So you can hear him clinking around. Um, it's pretty wild, but the idea is open it up and really see who these other characters that are affecting him are, because you really only get glimpses of these characters. Yeah. So. Now, would you um, ever make a happy movie? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, I guess it depends on what you call happy. I mean. Well, I mean, kind of. To the extent that this would be considered a, a drama, right? Yes, this is definitely De a drama. Definitely yeah. a drama. So the other one... It's I'm almost saying, like a dark comedy if you're really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll call it drama. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I'm seeing what you're saying. At the same time, would you want to just do a straight-up comedy? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, okay. actually, I'm really thinking... I'm, I'm on a road trip right now with my mom's ashes in my trunk. 
And so what I think, I mean, I'm going to do something a little bit more lighthearted uh, next time, you know, to appeal to a wider audience so I can get noticed as a filmmaker. Yes. Like, because everybody who sees the movie likes the movie, and it's pretty normally pretty impressed with it, which is good, but it's just, I got to get these people to see the movie, you know? Yeah, and do, would you feel it's copping out if you went to, like, the mainstream, like, comedy sort of? No, no, not at all, because I'm not going to, well, I mean, I, it may be a mainstream comedy, but, I mean, it can still have <laughs> interesting characters. Okay. And, I mean, look at stuff out today and the different filmmakers that, you know, do comedy, some of them really do it with, like, a nice subtle touch, you Like J.J. Abrams? Do you like his work? Isn't that the guy? No, J.J. Abrams is He's the guy who just did Star Trek. Yeah. Who's the guy that does uh, Knock? He does Lost and all that. That is... Um... <laughs> oh, come I on. I thought J.J. Abrams was Lost. Mm. Yeah, he is. No, he is lost. Oh, but I'm, I'm saying, I, I forgot who's the actor that did Knocked Man. Up and things like that. It's, oh, I'm, uh, Paul I'm Rudd? taking a blank. Paul Wait, no, Rudd. no, 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 no. It's I, at, I like the John Apatow. John Apatow. John Apatow. That's yeah. exactly it. Okay, sweet. Yep. See, yay! <laughs> um, and see, that took him a really long time to be able to be in the position that he's in. And, you know, he's a really, really good writer. That's, you know, he wrote yeah. his way through. He wrote uh, TV series. Uh, he worked on Freaks and Geeks okay. before that. Uh, Freaks and Geeks was a really good show. show. And it has all the same actors. Show. Like, he found all those young yeah. actors. Seth then Rogen. and then pretty much wrote it. Yeah, Seth Rogen and the uh, fat Jewish kid. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> I can't think of anybody whose name. Judah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I'm not real good with. I know all these names, but it's just like if coming up with them. I always get uh, names. Yeah. I always get names mixed up. Franco. What's his name? Uh, James. James Franco. James he was Franco. on it. Yeah. He was on it. Yeah. Um, He's good too. God, there's another guy this week. Yeah. There, there's a lot of fit, you know famous people came out. Yeah. Yeah. Seth Rogen, uh, Judah Hill, is that guy's name? Or Jonah Hill. Jonah, Jonah Hill. Yeah. yeah. They, they all came you know, from that show. And it was a really good show. Mm-hmm. Freaks and Geeks. You can probably <laughs> find it on the internet somewhere. Yeah, you can definitely find it. Or buy it on Amazon. Pay the guy. Pay, yeah. Give him some. Oh, he's rich and shit. Yeah, it's true. He's making good money now. Yeah. But like I said, it was a long, hard road. Exactly. You know? I mean, it took him a long time to get where he was. So what what else have you done major that we so, might know? Wait a minute before we oh. get off of all of that. Um, where can people find you? Oh, people can find me at uh, well, I'm on Facebook with, uh, and then the film is actually there's a page for the film on Facebook and MySpace. Uh, the film's called Bad Call. Check it out. You can actually buy a copy, um, eight ninety five plus shipping. Um, what website? And that is the. Bad Call Film at MySpace. You know, MySpace backslash Bad Call Film. Okay. You know. Excellent. Yeah. You can YouTube. And yeah, you can actually just type in the word in the Google search bar, like Bad Call Trailer. You can see the movie. Or Bad Call DVD. It'll probably pop up. You can buy it. It's a button right there. Push it. So, get it. Yeah. yeah. Check it out. Well, these days, I mean, it seems like nowadays it's so easy to promote that kind of stuff and they show people little tidbits of your film and yeah to get it out there and distribute it without needing a whole company behind you right now you actually like i'm pretty much right now it's like independent distribution i just pretty much set it up you know who you can um, when you can but i've had offers you know for online distribution for it and um you know there's some talks about doing that i just i just didn't want to immediately put it on the internet because yeah. it seems like everything goes on the internet you know yeah and it's just like i made it for it to be seen in a theater like 
you need to see it on the biggest screen with five i mean it has a 5.1 you know mix on it with an original score and you know the sound design in the film is just it just supports it so well it's awesome mm -hmm. so you know like i said it even gets interactive but on the dvd there's a 5.1 play uh, button or there's a 2.0 stereo so either way you know we did both mixes so. nice so yes well, so who have you worked with before um well i did some music i started out in like music video stuff and i'm starting to direct some music videos myself but I did art department on a bunch of big rap videos. So I worked with like Three Six Mafia, uh, Ice Cube, Tyga, like all these rappers. You know, I was doing a bunch of rap videos. Then um, I did the second unit direction on Dan Kaminsky band video. No, I did. I was the second unit director, which means I basically just went around and had to get some exterior shots that the you know uh, A team couldn't really do. Nice. So. Yeah, so I just shot super 16 footage of trains and stuff. But video turned out really well, and I got to work with a director who's uh, Rocky Shank. He's awesome. You guys should also check him out. Just type his name in. His videos will pop up. He's worked with everybody in the business you can imagine. Errol Smith and Eminem. Wow. You know, the largest videos you could do. Yeah. He just did something with uh, Robert Plant, and it's featuring... Hmm. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, I worked some videos with him, and then feature films. Uh, I just worked on Gary Marshall's uh, new movie. It's called Valentine's Day. It comes out on February 12th, actually. And it sucks because I'm on the road, so I can't actually be at the premiere of it on Monday. But uh, I got the invite, so that was cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I actually gave him the trailer to the movie on DVD at the rap party really? <laughs> with a bunch of other producers and thank, like thank you cards and stuff. And just like, hey, here's... Thank you, and here's some of my work if you want to check it out. You know, I mean, they're always looking for something. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, Gary's awesome. He was, like, he was the best director I've ever really seen work. Like, he was just so nice to his crew. He cared so much about his crew. He would, like, hug everybody at the end of the day. He'd go <laughs> around and ask you if you're having fun. Like, he was just really nice guy. He remembered my name, and I'm an office PA on his movie of, you know, I mean, yeah. Crew of like 150 people, or you know, well, more. He seems a really cool in interviews, too. He's really Who, funny, good comic timing. Who yeah. is he? What is he? Gary doing? Marshall uh, created um, Happy Days. He was the first writer oh, and Penny creator Marshall's. of Happy Days. Yeah, Penny, Penny Marshall Mar is his sister. Yeah, okay. and, and she was Laverne and, yeah. Laverne and Shirley. Um, and then she went on to be a director. And she actually directed uh, A League of Their Own, and which was, and Gary Marshall was in that. And that was shot yeah. in Evansville, Indiana, which is my hometown. Really? Mm -hmm. So nice. I actually auditioned to try to be in the movie when yeah. I was like eight. I wanted to be a little fat kid, but I wasn't fat. Uh, oh, you wanted to be the kid that... Oh, I can't remember the no. role. It's like he's fat and he has chocolate all over his mouth. Yeah. And he runs around and pisses all... Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's an instig You're an instigator. Yeah. That was shit. Madonna's kid, right? Yeah. The kid was like, it was supposedly Madonna's yeah. kid in the movie. No, not Madonna's kid. Wasn't that Madonna's? No, it was another, it was the big blonde, it was the blonde chick. Rosie O'Donnell's kid. No, no, Rosie and, Rosie and Madonna. Uh, no, it was back. just a fat kid and then he got hit or something and he fell and everyone laughed and it was like, haha. Ha -ha. He finally got his. It's a League of the Rings. It was like Gina Davis' character, right? No. It was none of the main characters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I've just, um, I also worked on It's Complicated this, 
2009 too. What's it's complicated? Uh, it's complicated was uh, Nancy Myers' new film has Steve Martin, Alec Baldwin, um, all sorts of people in it. All sorts of people. Yeah. Sorry. John Krasinski is in it. <laughs> he's um, great in the office. Yeah. So, yeah. He, he's awesome. He actually directed a film himself too. All right. Yeah, I can't remember. There was a, I saw some movie where like uh, he had like a pregnant girlfriend or something. And yeah, like, that's Sam Mendes. That's the way we go. And I haven't seen it yet, but I love Sam Mendes. He's he's amazing. Yeah, it looks like an ending movie. I had not had a chance to see it either. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good though. Who is this? Uh, John Krasinski, I think is what we call. Yeah, him. yeah, that's him. John Krasinski. <laughs> He's Sounds the guy horrible. who's on the office, yeah. and he's been in. The, he's just blown up. He's just. Mm. Meryl Streep is also in the movie. The, uh, you know, I get. I don't. Meryl Streep, kind of indifferent on her. Really? Yeah, really. Wow. 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 Man, she's got so much range. Dude. She's just. She can play anything. I. She just kind of creeps me out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Um, she just looks weird. I, I'm sorry. What can I say? I judge. Hmm. <laughs> like I'm not saying she's not a, ba a a good actress. I think she's a you know a good actress. But what was what what's something that I would have seen Meryl Streep in? Uh, she just did Julie and Julia and Mamma Mia. Well, no, those probably aren't films you would see. I just saw Mamma Mia. <laughs> what, I, was, I had to sit through it, and it was really good. I was really pretty impressed. Yeah. yeah. Is Meryl Streep the one that was in that, that movie with Roseanne when Roseanne became like an evil devil woman? I don't think I've seen like, that, but I need to check I that out. I think that was Roseanne. <laughs> no, there was Roseanne, and then one of the, one of the other wives. That the, was a Roseanne. Out of Africa? Did you ever see that? No? No, you're thinking no. of the... Uh, <laughs> you're thinking of where they're wearing a white dress and a black dress? Oh. It was Goldie Hawn The Fantastic and... Mr. Fox. Did you see that? She's the no. voice in that. She's awesome in that. Oh, I still would, don't know what she looks like, though. Yeah. Um, um, she's she's creepy. No way. Oh, dude. She's creepy. No, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Let's do a wrap-up first. Let me not break. All right. All right. We'll be back. So we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back in a little bit. Y'all take a little break, too, and get your drinks filled. Get up, stand up, get up, stand up. Don't give up the fight. I need your right. Get up, stand up, you can't give up the fight. Stand up for your right. Lord, Lord. Get up, stand up, keep us traveling on. Don't give up the fight. Yeah. Sick and tired of your isms, kissing game, dying and go to heaven in Jesus' name, Lord. We know and we understand. Almighty God is a living man. You can fool some people sometimes, but you can't fool all the people all the time. So now we see the light. What you gonna we gonna stand up for? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you better get up, stand up in the morning. Give it up, stand up for your eyes. Oh yeah? I'm just talking. Right. 
Lately, we're trying to do an hour, and then we're doing the, you know, the staging thing actually. Jamming with mediocrity inside. Oh no! It sounds so bad. <laughs> All right, so we're back, mediocrity inside, and um, I just wanted to mention this is Rasta on the soundboard, mixing it up, surfing those internets. Oh, uh, no. I checked it out, and Roseanne was actually in a movie back in I believe 1989. Which she was Ruth Patchett in She Devil. She Devil. And opposite her in She Devil was Meryl Streep. Nice! No nice. Way. Dude, that's and, fucking awesome. And Begley Jr. Nice. <laughs> IMDb. IMDb, man, I'm telling you. And Begley Jr. And Begley Jr. Rocks. And Roseanne Barr. Really? Have oh. you seen uh, Ed Begley Jr. in um, the uh, oh, Arrested Development? That's like the, one of the best shows ever. Have you not yeah. seen Arrested Development? I've seen it. Who is he? Awesome. Love it. I, I don't remember. Uh, he's he's the competitor, and he can't grow his own eyebrows. <laughs> and Job's all like, yeah, I, I don't know. You know how they always have these little quirky things. But he can't... His thing is he has uh, wig eyebrows. Really? <laughs> Prosthetic eyebrows. Yeah, and they keep falling off. And Joe like goes over there and ends up like working <laughs> with his company. He's a competitor, you know. He thinks he has all this information, but he doesn't really have any information. It's really funny. Cause, <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Arrested Development is weird. It's a good show though. It awesome was a show. good show. It's no longer a good show, is it? No, it's, it's, it's not. It's, well, it's, it's still a great show. It's, it's just you have to watch it's... it on DVD. <laughs> good point. Excellent point. <laughs> it doesn't lose its greatness because it doesn't. Yeah. Just because people at Fox are stupid doesn't mean. Like... Yeah. Well, they're stupider than shit, but yeah, they still make so... money, and obviously they're running. Fuck you, Fox. But... We still love your programming. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, before we were talking about the. Uh, like preparation for the movie, you know, it was like, wasn't just like thirteen thousand dollars. Oh, here it is, and let's go. Yeah, and there's a camera. Right it was, around. it was, it was crazy to actually like get it done because I was <laughs> in film school and the school wouldn't allow any moving parts or explosions or anything that I wrote. Uh -huh. I mean, moving parts means in the weapon, like the trigger is not allowed to move, kind of thing, and you can't have any projectiles. Like, no blanks, no nothing. kind of. Really? Yeah, so I ended up, you know, meeting up with this guy, and he's like a legendary stunt guy who's also a Navy SEAL. Oh, shit. And he has his own back lot. Um, if anybody actually needs that, it's Renegade Studio Services. Check him out. He's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, Gary Robert is the guy's name. He's great. He put us through a, uh, a boot camp, a 48-hour boot camp, Prepare for the role. He put my actor and myself, actually. Damn. Um, and and he hooked us up. You know, it wasn't wasn't expensive at all or anything. We went through and uh, did like team building skills and crawled around and did all these. Uh, learned how to patrol and you know what you actually look for when you're looking for IEDs. Uh, so. Yeah. So it gave your filming a realistic... Yeah, I mean, it just kind of helped everybody get in the mindset, you know? And we shot it out in Joshua Tree, the war stuff. Um, so on his back lot, 
and you know, so we took forty, you know, a crew of like forty-five people out oh, there, shit. and all set up tents, and you know, had a huge, huge crew and everything because there was extras in it, and there were explosions, and I, the way we ended up getting around it was, I just I had to drive my instructor. And Joshua Tree's like uh, four and a half hours away from where I live, yeah, uh, in Ventura. Where and so we had to, I had to drive my instructor up there to look at the parts. Knowing he's not a weapons expert or anything, and we were using uh, some of the guns that he designed, Gary designed for Transformers. Um, and the reason why is because everybody they're not using they're not using uh, blanks anymore really they're doing it digital because you know the digital technology is there now yeah for muzzle flashes I mean they can nail it and it's a lot safer you know blanks are dangerous and stuff yeah so um, basically uh, I had to drive my instructor up there and he looks at this uh, M4 <laughs> assault rifle and he's sitting there and he's just like yep looks good to me here you go I have no idea. But what it is is, uh, well, Gary rigged it up so it would discharge the the shell, but not uh, have any, you know, uh, powder. Yeah, powder or anything. Basically, Glass. what he did is he, he used an air system. Yeah. So he just took an airsoft system and made these little caps that look like uh, the the shells. Yeah, exactly. The shells, the discharge. That's pretty sick. And yeah, so it was pretty cool. And my, you know, he got to use it. And so when he was firing, there were. It made noise and it would, you know, pop out the shell, so it felt kind of real, you know. Yeah. Um, not like the noise that we put to it. That it is <laughs> real, you know. The noise was like, tss, tss, you know, when you're actually, it's actually really fucking loud. So. But um, that happens on all all sets, though. Yeah. Gun wise, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. How did you do explosives? Uh? Basically, uh, we did air mortars. So you just have they. These guys are all the. They did all our special effects, did all the weapons training, did everything at this one place. Gary just did it all for us. Nice. So, I mean, I actually, we actually got to do an actual, you know, War shootout in an Afghani village, basically, you know, with all these people. I had all these, uh, it was like a shootout, a fire squad of seven, which my actor and uh, was involved in, you know, my lead was in that fire team and then you know there's villagers and then there's uh, insurgents shooting back and everything so yeah. it was it was really pretty wild do you guys have to off. do uh like waivers injury waivers and yeah like we, yeah we you know we did like safety stuff and we had insurance through the school but that's why the school doesn't want you to do these kind of things okay you know? so they actually it was the day before the shoot when i finally got the green light to shoot i was shooting anyways i didn't care and we weren't allowed to have fire we weren't supposed to but the scene was supposed to, it's all one shot, and it's supposed to go through, and the camera's supposed to go past a burning car in a street. Well, the day of, which he had a half car, a half Mustang, like 65, nice. body that's designed for that. You just light it on fire, and it look you know, you put a little rubber cement, and you light it, and uh, it looks like the car's on fire, you know? So I was like, camera's going to run past here, and the bomb goes off, and had it all planned. Well... The day of, everything kind of goes out the window because it's too windy out in the desert. Uh. So we can't do the fire, but he had these bodies that were burnt, and he said he'd let them smolder with just a little bit of, uh, you know, glue. And what happened is he ended up giving, uh, giving the job to somebody else because he had so much going on. There was somebody on my crew, and they ended up putting too much glue on this doll that's supposed to look like it's melted. 
and uh, this prop, and it ended up catching the village on fire. So there's a huge flame ball, which makes the shot. Like, it looks oh, so no. badass, because the village is on fire. You know? <laughs> and the reason why is because the village is on fire. It's like, fucked up. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was wild. And so, and at that moment, we had all day and everything, we only got one, re- or we got three rehearsals when I thought we were going to be rehearsing forever because it's one shot. Yeah. Five bombs go off in one shot. And, you know, the character's moving and the camera's following him the entire time. So he dives down into something, the camera hits the ground, you know? I mean, it, it's really pretty cool. Um, it really puts you right in, you know, I've had Marines even tell me that, you know, the, uh, the war action actually works out pretty well. Okay. Well, um... The only thing I want to know about really quick is, did you hit railroad tracks that you did the cameras on? How did you do that really quick? No, that's a dolly is what okay. it's called. Yeah, it's just... Uh, on sand? Then, well, no, you set up track. Okay. You set up dolly tracks. What did you like do? Aluminum dolly track. What did we end up using? No, yeah. the camera... No, in that shot, it's all handheld. Okay. In fact, the entire movie is handheld. Oh, shit. Except just a, a one crane shot and a couple other mechanical transitions that we planned on. Oh, wow. But everything else is handheld. Cool. Well, uh... Go ahead and check out Ryan's movie. It's a bad call. You can find it at um, Facebook, MySpace. Yeah, just type it in Google "bad call" to come up. You can buy it on MySpace. There's a button. I think there might be a button on Facebook too to buy it. We'll have a link on it on the notes for, uh, for this episode. Cool. Sweet. All right. Good. Awesome. Peace. Well, yeah. Bye. See ya. Me. At night, smoke two joints in the afternoon, and it makes me feel alright. Smoke two joints in time of peace, into a time of war. Smoke two joints before I smoke two joints, and then I smoke. Sharon, I'm just actually cousin Sharon. Mm. She be uh, she be Max's cousin. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, so welcome, Sharon. Tell us about your tales of pooping in the woods and things of that nature. <laughs> pooping in nature. Pooping in the woods gives you the right to say you're more badass <laughs> than most men. <laughs> what? You're you're more badass. Yeah, you can shit in the woods or. Bucket. You ever shat in the woods? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a I whole piss, new experience. I piss outside religiously. Pooping on something that doesn't. Poop back? Well, do, no, not poop to... back that you don't sit on, you know, like you have to hover. It's the hover poo. It's I poop. quite a okay. weird. So get this. I feel like last, a time I, last time I pooed outside. <laughs> last time I pooed outside was. Um, New Year's Day, we went up to Flagstaff to the to the uh, snow, and my stomach started hurting. 
so I had to go. Like I had to go. And I was in overalls and everything and winter gear and, and whatnot. I'm like, I gotta go. So like, you take the dogs. Here's my gloves and whatnot. I'll be right back. So I run behind some trees. I'm sitting there back against a tree, hovering ass above the ground, just like she's squirting everything out. It was horrible. And then I get up and I, all you can see is your brown poo against the white snow. <laughs> <laughs> is it brown poo? I want to take a picture. It's slightly so melted. <laughs> I wanted so, to take a picture so bad. But. <laughs> so, speaking of the hovering thing, I, I understand that there's like an entire half of the world or so that actually just has these holes in the ground that they hover over. <clears throat> Instead of sitting on toilets. I've yeah. actually almost fell in one before. Oh, no. Me and Michelle were lost in Madagascar. Uh, Tulier. It's a really actually cool fishing town. Which there's 10,000 stories I could just tell you about that place. But, um, yeah, so we're just lost. And we have no idea. And all of a sudden, you're like on this street, almost kind of like an alley. And they're just selling stuff up and down it. We're just talking and walking. And all of a sudden, we're like in a congested like neighborhood of just huts and <laughs> stick fences like literally they put sticks together and like weave it and uh but yeah we're just walking and we're looking around like where the fuck are we and you're just like in these fences and it's just these really tall fences you're just walking and i'm turning around to look and still walking forward and my foot just slips like right as it's going in there's a shitter hole oh <laughs> could you imagine falling into a, you don't I mean, have any that, signs or anything that warns you? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's just a community share yeah. home? I mean, there is, you know, it's very unorganized. <laughs> but they had cell phones. No doors? Most people lived, like, there's these push-push cart people, which everything was double. Ariari is their money. Epi bar. Epi means bar, but if you're going to the bar, it'd be Epi bar. It was like, everything was double, but, uh... Where was this at? Madagascar. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, mm. And then, yeah, the same thing. I mean, it's just holes, like, where our shitter was. They actually was civilized, and uh, it was plastic, but they had foot resters, so you could sit, like, <laughs> cock leg, too. <laughs> shit, that was weird. What? Yeah. So you would be leaning forward to shit? Well, you'd be, you'd be, like, you know, like this, but instead of sitting like this, you have, like, foot placement here, so you're kind of, like... This is more stable than sitting like. Little like a magazine rack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> newspapers. Well, hey, if you're so old and your hips don't work anymore, well, that's you can't the shit thing anymore. Is we stayed with someone or ate at someone in Swaziland's house. It was a grandmother. She was taking care of, obviously, one of her kids' children. She had four kids. This lady's like 76 years old. Has a, you know mentally retarded person on their hands and he was probably like 23 and um three younger kids and they were all super and she just housed us and we had like bread and avocado and salt the best thing which is ever when you're super hungry but this lady built her own kitchen and it's not like a kitchen we're thinking of made her own bricks to build her kitchen what all by herself and she's 76 like her bricks were still drying when we were there and she was throwing us a wall she had to replace. But it's like if you just stay active. Yeah, you'll, you know. That's the different compared to American culture is 
Yeah, once you get social security, you quit making bricks. You know? Yeah, hey. When do I need a great brick? Fuck those bricks. <laughs> but it's Madagascar, though. I, I remember seeing it in some IMAX movie like a long time ago. <laughs> and it's basically like eroding into the, like, it's just a lot of erosion. and. Well, they're cutting down all their forests. And then comes erosion. And, like, people, like, Americans and <coughs> British people come in and say, you can't do that. But they're poor. <laughs> so it's, like, a really weird argument. If we yeah. could do it to build our countries. But like, then... <coughs> They just don't know the ecological ramifications. They don't understand. I mean, they kind of do, but they don't care. They're like, well, whatever, fuck, we need money. Well, if you think about the argument, though, it's, it's that we got all the cars, we're, we're producing all the carbon monoxide and all that stuff and putting it in the air. So they're like, <laughs> why should we have to cut, you know, why should we have to not develop like you did? You well, it's know. not for everyone else, it's for that. I mean, they don't understand exactly the huge ramifications in the long run. But, you know, everyone lives in the now, and you're like, I'm hungry now. And yeah. That's the other thing is seeing what, you know, like, what do you call those Catholic peoples that come in? Missionaries. Like, missionaries. Come in, and I was really just taken back, and, you know, you couldn't stop talk to these people. They come for two weeks, think they're changing the world. And again, they don't. See, they think of the now. They're like, okay, we're gonna come and build a school, but the funding for the teachers and the books and the long-standing run of like a building, and they come with like six suitcases, Gucci, like these pretty pink bags, oh, yeah. all in a row. And I'm just standing there, like, like, oh, we really helped them, and and maybe they did because me and Michelle were joking. Imagine being so poor, not having anything. And then having this religious person come in and go, our way is the best. Look at all the fucking shit we have. And they're you know? like, oh yeah. Our well, way is the way. Your God way. is good. <laughs> and so it was an interesting, you know, kind of joke we were having. On. Bling, motherfucking bling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we all know how black people like shiny things. So. Blood diamonds. Check out how many lives are wasted on my jewelry. <laughs> Okay, so what's your job right now, Cousin Chair? Um, I am a glorified fish counter. <laughs> a, a glorified fish counter? Yeah. My job uh, seems really important. I'm a... No, no, no. See, when, when people do oh, that, I'm... usually they're like... Um, uh, they do autopsies or something, and they say I'm a glorified butcher. If you're a fish counter, it's not a glorified fish counter. That's true. He just called you out. Fish counting isn't a. You can't really make that a glorified profession. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a data collector, but basically I count fish. It's more of a, you know. <laughs> so, so you do one fish, two fish. Red fish. Yeah. I write that on the walls too. I make up little rhymes. <laughs> and then the poor boys have to scrub everything I wrote off of the walls. It's their job to make it sure it's, you know, spick and span. It's almost like a military boat that, you know, everyone has a specific thing to do. And that's yeah. basically going to be that same kind of cleanliness the entire time. Oh, wow. And this is on a fishing boat? Yeah. Okay, so what was your first job? 
Give us the rundown. Like, how nervous were you? What, my first what job ever? Oh, my God. No, it's so creepy going on the boat because you don't know them. It's this huge boat, and they don't usually have the best pass to get on the boat. You may cross some nettings or maybe even cross a rope. They even may put you on a crane and crane you over to, like, a boat. So you're hanging onto a tire. Oh, no. Yeah, and it's oh, just weird. Wow. So, I mean, they tell you in the class you have to go through, like, a three-week class, but they... Try and scare you really bad in the beginning. A lot of people die, boats sink. But when you think about you know percentage and ratios, there's not that many jobs that do what fishermen do. So yeah. the ratio of us dying is really high, but it's really not that dangerous of a job. Really? Um, well, I mean, yes, it is, but. <laughs> where really where did you train it? In your... Anchorage. Oh, okay. Yeah. I actually failed the first time. And then you stayed there another three weeks or what? A month, actually. They gave me a place to stay. It's really stupid why I failed, too. They're like, Sharon, how? I did super fine, and it came down to the final. Um, you know me, that thinking oh, <laughs> thing. No, if I would have just... It was stupid, really stupid questions. That you got uh, wrong? Yeah. But you knew the answer. But anything they can teach you in class is not even close to what your actual job is. Like, yeah. there's no way to really teach you. So what happened? You get on the <clears> boat, <throat> you, you pull up to, where did you go, Dutch Harbor? And Dutch Harbor, we fly in, and that's a crazy flight. You have to have a special license to fly into Dutch Harbor. There's a huge mountain on one side, and then this really short runway. And so they land it, and you just slam on your brakes. Everyone goes, doosh, and, like, basically, you know, hits your front But, so, yeah, we're there, and it's just, it's, it's beautiful, and it's cold. But you get on your boat, and someone just drops you off at your boat, and, like, you go, you know? You get your own boat? Well, you're assigned to a particular boat. Okay. And, um... Yeah, so you just go in, introduce yourselves, they know you're coming, and you have to do your safety checks, and if I don't ever feel it safe enough for me to go on the boat, I do not have to go on the boat. Really? Yeah, I just call them, no. If they violate anything... No! <laughs> no, I am not doing it. Um, but yeah, if they don't... I have a certain checklist, and if they don't pass any of it, it's a no-go. Really? And, they, and if they leave without me, it's breaking. they're breaking the law. Really? So So they want you on the boat? Yeah. So are you working for the government or the fisheries? Um, both. Or? Okay. Um, I work for the National Marine Fisheries when I'm on a boat. But other than that, I work for a private company. Oh. Okay. And you just monitor how much... Bat inappropriate fish they're counting, or no, just in I'm general. No, you're not an officer or anything like that. You just collect whatever kind of data that they need to use, and then the statisticians process it. And How many fish do you know then? Um, I have a list. I actually have a checklist. I probably I know I have over twenty five that Damn. just from the line that I can see. Really? Yeah. And how crazy is it? It's pretty crazy. You got like octopus, sharks, not like any cool sharks. You guys ever eat them? Like, um, you're allowed to eat anything that's not a prohib. There's What's a prohib? Something like really important fisheries like crab or halibut where there's a lot of money. They 
have like locks on it and divvy out okay. what people can, the amount they can take out of the sea. So they got to throw them back? Well, it's really weird. I'm like, I, I don't like the system in Kodiak, Alaska. They actually will make people keep their fish waste. And I'm not talking about like guts or stuff like that. It's a whole fish. And some boats fish particular for a, a certain species. Um, the Japanese boats, they'll fish, they'll keep everything. Like, I mean, fish that you wouldn't really want to keep. They don't being, care. You know what I mean? By, by sight, you know. Really? Um, <laughs> what do they just chop it up or do they well, sort it out later? The Japanese are weird. They eat like fish head soup. And yeah. Squid that we use as bait, they dry it out and eat it. And yeah. <laughs> like stuff that you're just really kind of. I'll eat anything. I tried it all, but. Ew. Um, so, what was the craziest thing that's happened to you on a boat that you've seen? Maybe not happened to you, but that you've seen. Seen anyone fall in, anyone get crushed? Well, the storms are always crazy, and then we still work during them. Like, usually if we have gear out, we have to take it in. Um, but, I mean, we're having 40-foot waves, like, crashing over the boat. Um, and we're still out there and just... I don't even know. Um, like, one of some of my favorites always have to do with animals more than crazy. Um, <laughs> what? Well, on my last boat, it was an old cutter boat for the, the Coast Guard. And it would just roll. And then my rack didn't fall in the right direction. <laughs> I mean, you did, I'd have to, like, tuck myself in. It would roll so much. But you'd be walking during these crazy storms. And we wanted to bust out a fan so we could do the Michael Jackson, the raised <laughs> blind. Because the boat would be leaning so much that if I was just standing to prop myself oh, no. up straight, the floor was like a foot and a half like from my head. And that, you know, it was you standing like on your teeth. Was that scary? Um, yeah, outside because the doors are really heavy. And if I ever asked them to stop and open the door for me, they would. But, you know, they're working hard. It's hard enough for them to, like, deal with me. So I'm going in, and this door is so fucking heavy. You have to, like, crank it open. And then time the rolls right. And if you don't, I mean, you lose your fingers. What? And so the door just slides. You know, that weight yeah. is so heavy. So if I don't open the door when I, you know, want for it to go, and you're in the middle of like a roll and you open it and you like have your hand on the door like people lose their fingers oh. and stuff like that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So I had to jump through that door and kind of just let the boat like close the door. And it's really scary. That what if you it's slip, your thing. leg is gone? Showers, showers are awful. Yeah. You want to take a shower during a storm? <laughs> <laughs> you like, <laughs> you're, wow. you know, like washing your hair like that and stuff. Damn. But I got to pet wild horses, sperm whales, like, right next to my boat. You can see the knuckles on their back. I oh, wow. could have thrown something at them if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Take your <laughs> sperm whale. <laughs> well, no, you know, I mean, it was just amazing. All I just sit there, I'm like, yay. It's, it's, it's always so exciting. Whales galore. Um, seals. I mean, right next to our boat, um, they bark, and so it sounds like my burp. Yeah. And it's like, I'm like, Sharon, you speak seal. <laughs> 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 so 
That's true, folks. She can burp like a man. Well, like, I see a like burly a, man. Yeah, she sounds like, yeah, a woodcutter man. You know, pancake syrup type guy. Or I'm a lumberjack. Yeah, lumberjack. I'll cut me some trees. Burp! <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, um, the Wild Horses is really cool. My captain had taken me out into the hills of Dutch Harbor. Wow. Being like on the outskirts right by the water, you, it's really ugly. Well, it's cool, it's rustic, but it's just <laughs> gloomy. Dutch Harbor is very rainy, overcasty. Yeah. But we took it out, and I was just really taken back for as much time as I spent there to not see this. It was so beautiful, and I'd always thought someone was pulling my legs that there was these wild horses running around. And so we're just driving out there, and sure shit. There's a like herd or I don't know what you'd call yeah. it, a pack of horses. <laughs> but we get out of the car and he lives on a farm. We have the mate with us as well. And he, you know, is calling the horses. So we join in. We're kind of just goofing around. We don't think the horses are really going to come. Sure as shit, seven, like nine <laughs> horses just start like running and chasing towards us. And I. I'm like, so wait, do horses attack? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. it was such a silly non-silly <laughs> question. And they were the sweetest horses. They just wanted to be, like, rubbed behind their ears. Aww. and oh, It was great. They knew what's up. Yeah, that's right. Like, give us our food. <laughs> Did you give them food? Apples? Um, well, people feed them. We didn't know they really existed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking horses. We brought one back. We got him. <laughs> So, um, how many people were there? Were you one of the only girls on the boat? Yeah, most likely, like, 90% of the time you'd be the only female. Oh, wow. On the boat. That must have been fun. Yeah, it's interesting. I always joke that, like, generally there's 30 guys. And so, 15 of them are your boyfriend, and then <laughs> the other half are, like, your brothers. You know, they're always, some of them are always hitting on you. And the other half are really protective. How many are the fathers? <laughs> Just three. Yeah. <laughs> but I've only been on two boats, so. Okay. <laughs> wow. Two boats, and then you're looking for your next trip is going to be in, like, the Gulf? I'm hoping we're going to see how that goes. I don't know supposed to be cool. I want to get, you know, it's warm. Where do you sunshine. find these jobs at? You just go to like www.awesomejobs.com. Um, this I actually found at like a college website there um, in Texas. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go snorkeling too. Scooby diving. Scooby. Oh, sorry. Well, I mean, I would do both, but scuba diving is more expansive. And then where have you been scuba diving? Uh, Madagascar, South Africa, Bahamas, the Keys, the Gulf. Damn. That's about it. And which is the best? I don't know. They're all just really unique. I hear in the their Keys are like supreme scuba. It, it's crystal clear, that really like beautiful turquoise color. And yeah, there's a lot of wrecks out there, so that's a lot Picture of fun. Us. Well, you know, things grow, you're giving it a home, yeah. so big grouper and the coral. Aww. My favorite have an avatar, the little feather things. He, I don't know who the director is, but he must Cameron. love underwater stuff because it 
everything about Avatar is like diving. Really? Yeah. Who was that director? James Cameron. Why was it about diving? He did Abyss, didn't he do well, Abyss? Well, where no, he the, get the, that, the those planet. really, the, yeah, the alien plant, that really supernatural, and no. most of it's very lifelike. I've seen Avatar. Underwater. Remember, like, the big, huge flower things are, like, when he was, he was playing with them and it was fun? Yeah. Those are the little things that come out of barnacles. That's true. That's true. That's and really the, cool. everything glowing, the phosphorescence and... But the planet was alive, so now you think our planet went underwater, is what do you think? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not going in there. I get it, whatever. But where he got his ideas. Because the Avatar, that land is beautiful. Pandora? Yeah. What? Do they live on Pandora? Yeah. Huh. Is this stuff they're part? looking for really called Unobtainium? <laughs> uh, <laughs> or is that a joke? Because <laughs> I was like, I, that. I remember that a long time ago, people would be like, I wouldn't even sell my car, not even for unobtainium. Unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I actually didn't catch that. I was, I was okay, too I enthralled with the story and like the visual effects that I didn't really care. I know uh, Ross the Man hated it. So. Mm. I, it's not that I hated it. I, it. I didn't hate it at all. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great use of all of the visual effects and things. But... I don't think that overdoing on one sort of aspect of filmmaking lets you slide on another aspect of filmmaking. <laughs> he like, didn't like the story. Like I didn't. It was the basic story. I know, like, and that's what I'm saying. If they would, it was good. It was good. But if they would have done, um, Meet the Robinsons was. Oh yeah. That that was a pretty new story. And it was done fantastically. Meet I the Robinsons. Oh, that's awesome. Meet the Robinsons is one of my favorites. But you never complain about porn type in the story. Meet the Robinsons? It's no. I think that's a different genre. You only watch it like yeah. 35 seconds no. at a time. <laughs> We're going to tell tell her about Meet the Robinsons. Meet the Robinsons is this Disney movie. It's not even Disney. It's Pixar. Pixar. And it's awesome. all completely animation. It's about a kid that's an orphan that... Something about time travel, something about dinosaurs, something about frogs with little tiny hats. <laughs> um, yeah, Gee, it like was fantastic. Well, basically, he's a kid that uh, he wants to find the moment when his mom sent him away so he can tell her, you know, not to, basically. Aww. Well, so he could see her face. Yeah, so he, no, well, he can see her face, so he knows when's the last time he saw his mom. And he can pinpoint that exact time, and um, that, and he just uh, he wants to know why she let him go, basically. So he goes for that in search of his mom, which is basically in search of a family. He goes back in time, um, but he's supposed to prevent that. He's supposed so to like a family is what you make it. No, no, hold on, hold on. So he's <laughs> well, he's inventing this. Oh, don't give it away? Don't give it away. Oh, yeah. oh. It's good. It's no, no, really good. But he, he like, finds his family because he had his family the whole time? No. no. Yeah, sort of no. It's kind no. of a complex movie. It is. It's really good. I was kind of fucked up when I saw it. Yeah, that. it's really good. Yeah. Yes. It's kids, It's kids, but it's adults. Message. You know how they do that shit. I think it's DreamWorks. It might be DreamWorks. Whoever it is, it's a it's a new it's a new story. Yeah. And the animation was fantastic. Even if it was an old story, the animation would still be fantastic. But they used it with a a new story. I liked it. And they blew you away. I liked the story. 
Avatar. Avatar. I mean, it was a good story, but it was something I, I could have sat down from the first ten minutes and told you everything that was going to happen. Yeah, and you know, I may I'm not think about like movies differently. I look at them and I'm just completely jealous every time. And that's why I'm probably so enthralled. Like Harry Potter, a wand and an owl. I mean, you could fly a dragon in Avatar. Like, how do you not get sucked into like your most own dream world when you're watching these it's fantasy awesome. movies? Yeah. See, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, that was a pretty new story. <laughs> Their bogus journey, that was even differenter than the Differenter. <laughs> now we're making up words. That, that's about where it's going. I think okay. sometimes so it's going yeah. I think this is about time to Search wrap out. things up. And right. Sharon would like to thank you for being on Mediocrity Inside. I love it. We thank hope you it was for... mediocre enough for you. <laughs> All right, we'll take a little break from here and hope you come back, y'all.